0: Welcome to the Customer Connection Podcast, where we look at leading practices, lessons learned, tools, techniques, and procedures designed to guide and help you with the implementation and adoption of the ServiceNow platform. Led by customer experience expert and director of customer workflows, Jerry Campbell, co-hosted by portfolio managers, Gareth Millwood and Nick DeBaca, we're building customer connections.
1: Thanks for joining us at the Customer Connection Podcast, where we help you get your ServiceNow projects going in the right direction fast. Joining us today is David Farrell. David is the Director of Leading Practices for Technology Workflows here at ServiceNow, based out of California. He heads a team that publishes ServiceNow specific process guides and other leading practice content to help customers and partners deliver successful implementations and get to value fast. His team focuses on IT service management, IT operations management, Service Portfolio Management, Risk and security Operations, just to name a few. David is actually a new joiner to ServiceNow and is in his first month with the company. Prior to ServiceNow, David spent almost a decade in customer platform owner roles, most recently at Mizuho Americas and prior to that at Moody's. He has managed all phases of the ServiceNow lifecycle from initial implementations and process designs to continuous process improvement, process ownership, and adoption. David has worked with several departments to drive value out of service now, including IT, security, HR, sourcing and procurement, finance, facilities, and risk. So, David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nick. Much appreciated. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, David, thank you for uh, joining us. Man, it's it's exciting for me. This one's a good one for me because... Both of us are recently new here in the company, right? And Uh you bring the experience from the side of implementing and using implementation partners. While as a customer, I did it self-implementation. But just a few rules of engagement, David, before we start. I look forward to this again. This is going to be a great, great show, I know. But the rules of engagement are really simple. We want to make sure that we're just keeping things open, free-flowing, and understandable for our customers. So we have this thing called the jargon jar, right? And if you use jargon, <laughs> and I'll give you some special words or expressions that we consider to be jargon in our in our space here. We kind of talk about, in this industry, we talk about low-hanging fruit or scalable. <laughs> we use acronyms like UAT, NPS, or CSTAT. So we want to eliminate those kind of words and just use words that our customers understand. And as you and I understood those words as customers before, are you good with that?
2: Yeah, I'm absolutely good with avoiding TLAs and FLAs, or as we call them, three-letter acronyms or four-letter acronyms.
0: There you go. Awesome. We do have a, a partner on the other end with our team, Gareth, who will be tracking those things that are considered jargon, and at the end, we'll be asking for a donation for each time you use a jargon, and we're going <laughs> to donate that to a special cause at the end of this
2: season. Very good.
0: Awesome. So, thank you for joining us. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I think, you know, for me, I was just always very curious I, I was interested in several different subjects at school. I liked languages, I liked history, I liked scientific subjects like like physics. And I don't think I ever had a specific career in mind until I got into my, my late teens and I, I went to a presentation at a local college, uh, University College Cork in Ireland. And uh, they had a really good IT major or IT course at the time and they still do actually. And, you know, that, kinda of drew me into the IT world. I, I I played for that course, I got in and uh that has been that was such a great experience for me. I've I've been able to really experience many different facets of IT as a result. I've been able to live in multiple countries as a result. And it's it's been a great enabler for me and a great experience.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. And you obviously we, we hear the accent and you have to talk, <laughs> you know, my brother-in-law is from Ireland. You're a uh, native Ireland. And so yep. great to, you know, get that international flavor on the show as well. And as you travel around the world, really, uh, as you went through your career, who or what has influenced you the most in the way you approach uh, these activities today?
2: Yeah, that's um, another good question. And I think I'm going to go back. I'm going to go all the way back to university and mention someone that was one of my professors back in University College Cork. I think he's still there, actually. But when I think about my current role in terms of leading practices for a major enterprise systems provider in service now, and I, and I trace that all the way back, I think back to my college days, and we had a professor there, a guy by there, Frederick Adam, and Fred was very much plugged into the industry at the time and remains plugged in, as far as I know, and uh, he taught a class on enterprise systems, and he provided loads of really rich industry-specific case studies about how enterprise implementations were going in the industry at the time. There are several multinationals in Cork, there's a lot of large pharmaceutical companies there. And we would learn about upgrades taking several years, different parts of one organization being on different versions of Oracle or SAP, and just the scale of projects that they would have to undergo, the scale of change. And we would just hear all these really bad stories about how ERP implementations can go wrong. And I think for me, when I trace it all back, as I said, you know, I I go back to that foundation. I really took a lot of those lessons forward into my career. You know, I've implemented service now a couple of times and while the platform is much better, you know, there there aren't all these bolt on integrations built from the ground up. It's very well architected. You still have a lot of the change management type, you know, activities associated with any um, enterprise application rollout. So. Uh, I think for me, you know, Fred Adam back in UCC is probably the single biggest influence on you know how I think about my work today.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing, right? Is we are talking about you know bringing that experience forward and having those influences on the way you approach things? And you talked about you know you've had a lot of experience with service now in different roles and as a customer. And just bringing it forward as a customer, and you and I both have been in this role as customers before, and we've talked extensively about it. What was the single most point of frustration for you and your team during the implementation of ServiceNow?
2: Like a single most point is tough. You know, implementations are a journey and they go up and down and like there's highs and lows. I could say that, you know, not having leading practices back in 2014 when I did my first major ServiceNow implementation was a frustration. But we figured it out. I I think a bigger thing for me is not realizing the value right away when you buy, when you invest in service now. You know, I think about as well, when you go on the implementation journey, I had not every time I did an implementation or an an improvement to the system, but sometimes you just don't get that value right away. You, You know, you spend a lot of time, you design it out, you plan it out, you get people around the table, you get everyone in agreement, and then you deploy whatever it is that you were trying to do and you don't quite get the value right away and that's like oh, what did we do wrong you know and it's frustrating right so um you know for me that means just that it's i almost take it as a given that service now implementation should be done in an agile fashion and that if you don't get it first time go again look at your feedback go again and you know if you didn't get 100 automation first time Maybe you got 60%. Just look at the data and try it again and, and just be patient with it and, you know, you get there.
0: Yeah, I think it's, uh you know, companies, a lot of times, they just want to get that value right away, right? They say, mm-hmm. we're live and so we should be getting value. And there's a lot of aspects, as you know, you know and I know, that ServiceNow can bring a lot of things to the table, but you don't get it on day one. It is kind of that yeah, evaluation process, true. as you said, right, David?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, organizations are complicated and every company has its own challenges and different things come up. It's just, that's life. So uh, just stick with it and you'll get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now we're on the other side of the table now, right, David? (laughs) You and I, we're, (laughs) we're now finding that other side. How do we solve for those things that, you know, to help create value for our customers? So as we come into this new role together in your team, And my team, what do you think, in, in your opinion, what's the biggest challenge that we face and how can we go about tackling it?
2: I think the biggest challenge is really keeping our customers front of mind and meeting them where they're at. You know, what I mean by that is like we've got this really big platform now. That has tons of capability. And when you're on the customer side and you look at different product descriptions or product architectures or sales sheets or whatever, there's a lot in front of you and it can be quite overwhelming. And you know, maybe you don't know where to start or some of it's not relevant to you. So I think for me, you know, we, we on now create today have a lot of content that guides customers through the processes that they're trying to implement, guides them through the latest features. You know, we're up to date with. San Diego, uh, or we will be at the end of this month, once it goes GA. So we are already providing people with things like process guides, scoping guides, starter stories, all those types of things that help customers along that implementation journey and help partners help customers along the implementation journey. For me, I think we'll probably create a few new approaches to get to customers where they're at. So I'm thinking about that right now potentially just speaking to customers a little bit more often, writing down their challenges and saying, all right, you know, let's say you're having trouble with getting your CMDB off the ground. Let us write content specifically for that challenge because it's likely that several people are having the same challenge. And that's the kind of flexibility that I want to bring into the equation. And again, you know, really meet customers where they're at.
0: Yeah, I think that's it's so important to meet them where they're at and help them face those challenges head on. And we can team up with the customers to help them face those challenges. We talk about content, and I think, Nick, you have some questions around content and other things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things that you touched on in 2014 when you were doing your first implementations there was really no leading practice content. Now we've got almost inconceivable amount across 20 different sites. So it can be hard for a customer or a partner to really, you know, even know where to look uh, and and when for all these different sorts of things, but as you're now kind of going through everything that's, you know, on now create What do you think are really like the most important or unique characteristics of that content and how we helped to move the needle for people like yourself back in 2014 when you were doing that implementation as a customer?
2: Well, I think in terms of what's on Create today, I think we do a good job of telling people here is the ideal state. This is what you should be shooting for. So at least they can get a sense for what the end goal is. Could look like the art of the possible all that sort of stuff maybe that goes in the jargon jar but uh, <laughs> you know it's something i've heard quite a lot so uh it'll be a tough one for me to shake but you know for me you know we really have to um, be specific not generic we need to tell our customers something that they don't already know you get to the point Don't give me a laundry list of things that I need to sift through and just really try and answer my challenge succinctly. Customers are, at least in my experience, stuck for time. There's a lot of stuff going on. They've got their own teams to manage. They've got budgets to manage. There's potentially more than just service now that they're managing. So we need to be respectful of that, get to the point, tell them something specific that they don't already know and finally just get it across in multiple formats and that's something we're working on right now getting stuff out on community for example as well as now create getting to our customers to our partners is something that we've been doing for quite a while so those are some key things i think that help our content resonate with customers
1: no absolutely and myself coming from a partner i can totally uh, relate to you know just how to connect with customers from that perspective as well because again when you think about things like now create there's all this different type of content on there. And sometimes the customer of that content might not actually be, you know, the customer of the product, but they're still going to see the benefits of that, you know, when you have the partner or or whatnot, you know, using that content. So I think that's a really interesting perspective on it. But, you know, I think one of the things too that I'm I'm really curious to hear about from you is, you know, how really, since you're now just really kind of getting up to speed with everything on the team, you know, how are you motivating some of the team members to maybe, Reframe some of their experiences since the the team's so diverse. We've got people from customers and partners, yes. and you know everything in between. You know, how are you motivating them to kind of drive everything more to that customer focused division that you were talking about?
2: Yeah, in a nutshell, I'm asking them to to get a little bit more creative. I, I I have a very experienced team that's done several implementations. They're experts in their field, and I actually consider them the world's leading experts in. ServiceNow implementations for technology workflows they're totally clued into what our business units are doing in terms of new innovations around ServiceNow they speak to partners quite frequently they speak to our own expert services folks quite frequently they speak to customers so they're really clued in uh, on what's going on so one one thing is you know I'd like to remind them that they are the world's leading experts uh, in their space and I'm encouraging them, like I said, to get creative. So, um, trying to take all that context and write, you know, two customers, two partners with those specific challenges in mind, that for me is actually real innovation rather than saying here's the product and best of luck, you know, we're, we're trying to make it a lot more contextual and I'm encouraging them to get creative and really use their experience to make the content as relevant as possible.
0: Yeah, man, David, that's incredible, you know, empowering those content, those portfolio managers really to produce content and connect where they can with the customers. That's just extremely powerful. So, man, it's been great having you on the show here today. But uh, as we started out, we talked about jargon. I think you caught yourself once there. (laughs) But uh, Gareth, uh, can you give us a rundown of any jargon that uh, David uh, had today?
1: I did pretty well, David. Uh, There were too many. Uh, I'll let you off IT. I think everyone knows what IT is, uh, but not necessarily. Everyone's going to know what San Diego going GA means. Uh, Oh, yeah. You picked out Art of the Possible. CMDB is the other one. Would you care to define any of those terms?
2: Yes. Thank you for calling me out on that, Gareth. I've been here a month and I'm already talking about GA and San Diego and all these things. So, uh, you know, for, for folks that don't know, ServiceNow uses a uh, alphabetical city-based release nomenclature. So when I started on ServiceNow, coincidentally, it was on the Dublin version D, and now we're at S San Diego. So, uh, when I talk about going GA, that's uh, general availability for San Diego. And that's when it's available to the general market. CMDB is a configuration management database. And that is your database of things you manage to provide service to your customers. It could be anything from your technical infrastructure to your applications, to your services, to your actual services that you provide. Uh, and the CMDB is a database of those things. Was that it, Gareth? Did I hit any more jargon or...? Uh... No, I think that's pretty
0: much it. Thank you very much, All David. right, very good. No worries. <laughs> Uh, awesome, thanks, David. I think you've done pretty well on that. We've had other guests get, you know, quite a few more. But <laughs> before we get, before we get out of here, I'd, I'd like to ask you a couple of more questions. And um, really, I just want to know what piece of advice can you share with our listeners, potential customers out there, about the ServiceNow platform? All
2: right. So, uh, one piece of advice I have for customers with respect to ServiceNow is just to keep it simple and keep it ingeniously out of the box. And what I mean by that is ServiceNow today provides almost all of the things that you're trying to do, particularly in the technology workflow space. It wasn't always like that. When I used the platform, I remember, you know, implementing change management back in maybe 2016 or or earlier, and uh, we were trying to do risk assessments and the platform didn't really do it well. It was the same. I'd, something called standard change which is a bit of a jargony term but i'll explain it it's it's basically pre-approved changes that go into your infrastructure it wasn't a good framework for that so there was a lot of customization done by my team at that time in 2022 there is so much available out of the box at mizuho my last employer i was pleasantly surprised by how little development work we had to do when we were doing a platform consolidation across a few different entities so you know, keep it simple, and when I say keep it ingeniously out of the box, you know, really understand the features, understand the data model, understand what, you know, it was designed to do, and try and just make minor tweaks. See if you can solve problems by adding some data, you know, to, to an existing table, adding a few data attributes to an existing service node table, things like that, and try and avoid as much as you can writing really long lines of code. To uh, achieve what you want to do, at least at first. So you know, you ServiceNow is is friendly to customization, but start by knowing the features. Start by really understanding what they're intended for. Try and use use it out of box as much as possible, maybe with some small configurations, and then go from there. And again, you know, if you want to learn about what the features are, several different great resources in the company. Now, create obviously, which talks about. Uh, A lot of the features and the desired processes that you may want to implement. Our doc site is great. I use it extensively over the last decade or so. And our community site is also for people to to share lessons from their own implementations. So, yeah, that'll be my my main piece of advice. Keep it simple.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Keeping it simple, right? Sometimes we overcomplicate the things and um, we really mess it up by trying to overdo it. yes. I always tell, you know, folks, and when I was a customer, I would say, hey, we got to first we need to define our own processes and ServiceNow can come home and complement those processes. And we don't need to to complicate it. ServiceNow really does complement it. So, yes, great, great show today, David. Thank you for everything. Um, Last thing is, how can our listeners reach out and contact you if they want to connect with you?
2: I'd be fine if anyone wants to drop me an email, send me an email, just david.farrell.servicenow.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, I'm still getting my feet under the table at ServiceNow, so I'm sure there'll be more channels in the future. But for now, keep it simple. Drop me an email. would be happy to respond.
0: Awesome. Thank you for everything today. And uh, we look forward to the things that you're going to have to, uh, your team and you will produce in the future. So thank you, sir.
2: Thank you, Jerry. Thanks all.
0: Thank you for joining the Customer Connection Podcast, where we share insights from the biggest ServiceNow influencers. Please join us for our next episode when we will build more customer connections.